What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Overreaction Sports Podcast. It is an Overreaction Friday. I am your host, Joe Miller, and you can, as always, find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. It is so good to have you guys with me today as we are talking once again, and like always, about our Buffalo Bills, our 9-4 and four Buffalo Bills who have an opportunity to clinch a playoff spot this Sunday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers in primetime on Sunday Night Football in Pittsburgh. And my wife was just asking me uh, as we were kind of, Good Morning Football was on this morning, and she was asking me this morning when the last time the Bills made the playoffs. And obviously, you know, she's aware. She was standing next to me when uh, two, two years ago when the Ravens lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. We all are aware of that game, and we're all aware of the sights and the sounds and the feelings of breaking the drought. Um, and it was funny because when I reminded her, she that was probably we've been married for 18 years and the Bills haven't been good in 18 years. So that was without a doubt, like the first time she ever saw me exuberantly excited about the Buffalo Bills. And the funny thing is, is, you know, when the Bills were good, when I was younger, when we were all a lot younger, I was that exuberantly excited often. I mean, all the time, like, and you guys probably probably were too. Um, but more importantly, I, I began to break it down for her a little bit more. And I was like, no, no, it's not about making the playoffs. This, this Sunday night, the Bills have the first opportunity to clinch a playoff spot of their own doing, meaning that they've done this themselves. They didn't get any help uh, since Jim Kelly was the quarterback of this football game. So what, maybe 1996, a uh, long time ago. Very, 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 very long time ago, 23, 24 years, uh, which is saying something. So this is this is an exciting weekend. Um, I've got some tweets I want to read you guys from you guys just as far just a couple just as far as how people are feeling today. What a difference a week makes. I'm always I'm always I'm always tempted to and I always find my way into asking you guys the question, how are you feeling? How are you feeling, guys? <clears throat> of which, you know, I don't have the ability to really elicit responses uh, live. Um, so I, I try to get that tweet out there before I tape the show, and, and you guys are very good with interacting with me. Um, and I've got mixed emotions, not about the game. I, I think that, the, that this is a game that, that the Bills not necessarily will win handily. Don't get, I'm not saying that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills have trouble. I wouldn't be su- totally surprised, shocked, if the Bills lose this football game. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident going into it. I mean, you know, Duck Hodges, as much as he's, you know, the, the current Minshew mania, as much as he's the current Danny Dimes, as much as he's the guy, the darling of the NFL currently, the reality is he's a third string quarterback who's played four games, hasn't been asked to do a whole lot and is playing inside of a system. And I would, I would, I would caution you all inside of your concern as it pertains to, you know, duck mania, uh, that the last good defense he played was the Ravens, of which he had nine pass attempts. So there's that. So when I speak to, <clears throat> excuse me, when I speak to being confident, um, I'm, I'm confident that our defense is going to take care of the business that they need to take care of. I'm confident that our offense can 
put enough points on the board. I don't think this is going to be a nine to three football game. I don't think this is going to be a six to three football game. I think this has the potential for the Bills to be in that 17 point range, 20 points. And I think that the Steelers are going to have a hard time putting points on the board. I think that you're going to see a similar day from Duck that we saw from Brandon Allen of the Denver Broncos, who up until he faced the Bills hadn't really been challenged. And what happened after he faced the Bills? Well, I'll remind you, he threw for 85 yards and a touchdown, was completely ineffective, couldn't do anything, and got benched, which we've seen a lot from this Bills defense. This Bills defense has benched several quarterbacks this year. We've made jokes that this Bills defense is going to end the careers, current careers on existing situations for some coaches. And it's true, they're going to. Um, but I am optimistic and confident, concerned at the same time. You know, but 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 for me, there's a lot of the feelings. I'm just, I'm just uh, what a difference a week makes. I, that's my first note, right? What a, what a difference a week makes. You know, we we come off of shocking the world against the Cowboys. But I, I, let me back up. I don't want to say shocking the world because I, I, I admittedly said that had we beaten the Ravens, we would have shocked the world. I don't think we shocked the world as much as against the, the Cowboys as much as there was just an, a, a, a situation where people were like, whoa, I didn't know that this is what's been hiding up in Buffalo all this time. It was the first time that the Bills got seen on the national stage and people were able to really kind of hone in and, and and pay attention to what the Bills are or who they are. So there was an aspect of coming off of that game, and, and, I, and I mentioned it in one of the shows, that we were getting a lot of national media run, and it was great. People were talking about the Buffalo Bills. It was fun for a change, and it was it, they were talking about the Bills for the right reasons. They weren't talking about the Bills because we wanted them to talk about the Bills. They were talking about the Bills because the Bills deserved to be talked about, even inside of the tragedy that was, is the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys were victims of the Buffalo Bills and what we did to them on Thanksgiving. But then you advance forward 10 days, and the Bills play the Ravens in an incredibly highly contested football game. That was that was one of the best defensive battles we have seen in the NFL this year and not because the score was low scoring but or or the yards weren't being racked up or the points weren't being racked up or whatever statistics weren't going, you know, they were they were held in check. That was that was a, a legit defensive battle between two highly coached well like sound execution defensive teams. The Bills did something to the Ravens that only one other team has done this year to the Ravens, and it was impressive. We so easily have forgotten, as has the national media, that the Bills were one play away from tying that football game. And basically, it's a ball that Josh Allen put in John Brown's hands. Yes, he was, you know, the, the defender was right there and had his hand over John Brown's arm. It was not interference. It was not a penalty. And John Brown, in my opinion, should have caught that football. But what a difference a week makes. So when I when I when I when I say to you that I'm just I'm just at a point that it's like blah, I'm just I'm tired of the narratives. I'm tired of the 
I'm tired of the making up of stuff. You know, when, when, when the things, when we, when they run out of things to say and they run out of ways to prove how bad our team is or how bad Josh Allen is, you know, then they have to go make up stuff. They have to make up stats. And I, and I know that even as I say that, what I'm alluding to that the majority of, you know, already what I'm speaking of. But as we take a quick look back at the Ravens game, I want, I want you to ask yourself just for a moment. I want you to think about it and, and include in this introspection, in this re, you know, retrospection, what the Ravens did with the Jets last night. Because the Jets didn't belong in that football field. Don't look at the final score. Well, Joe, the Jets scored 21 points. The Bills only scored 17. Well, not really. Sam Darnold was awful in that football game last night until the end in garbage time when basically the Ravens were getting on the bus or well getting in their car. They were at home. So they were getting in their cars and heading home already. I mean, they were already, you know, getting the markers out to, to autograph their jerseys for the, for the Jets players. You know, they, they sat, they finally sat Lamar Jackson in the fourth quarter. But as you think about that Ravens bills game, as you think about the Ravens bills game, as a whole, and as you think about the Ravens-Bills game, based off of what we have seen the Ravens do with and to other teams they have faced this year, what does what the Bills did against that Ravens team, what is, what is what we saw, what is what the Bills were able to execute, what they accomplished, what they didn't execute, how they played very poorly offensively in the first half. But what, is, what does that entire game tell you about how good this Buffalo Bills team is or possibly could be. Again, they were one play away. One play away from overtime. If Hauschka makes the kick, which at this point, I think we would all agree, <laughs> is questionable, right? So let's expect or let's just assume that Hauschka makes that kick. So they're one play away, which was a very, very well-thrown football by Josh Allen. Cole Beasley was open in, in the flat, and uh, Josh, I think somebody had, had had broken that play down, and it had already they had said that you know Josh was well into his throwing motion by the time that Beasley got open, and I and we can sit here and we can talk about Cole Beasley till the cows come. I mean, I I've hammered on Cole Beasley in a positive way several episodes on the the offense needs to go through Cole Beasley. Um, I talked on Sunday again about how the, the, the receivers can't get open on this football team. The one receiver that's consistently open is Cole Beasley. That's not what I'm, the point I'm trying to make regardless. But what does it? what is what the Bills did against that Ravens team last week? What does that tell you about this football team? It tells me a lot of, a, a lot of good things. It, 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 it puts me in a place where I'm expectant and confident and hopeful. Like I'm not in a situation where I, I view these games coming in and these teams coming in the way that I used to, which was, man, I hope, man, I hope, man, I hope I just wish, I just wish, I just, just wish until I somehow find some way to convince myself that self that the bills have a chance to win. Then the game comes and the bills get crushed. Like that's not, that's not the space we live in anymore. Regardless of what you think about Josh Allen, this defense is legit. Josh Allen is playing good football. Devin Singletary is putting together the quietest 
quietest great rookie <laughs> running back like season that nobody's talking about like really ever like probably in Bill's history if not I mean it's 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 remarkable what Devin Singletary is doing on this football team and nobody's talking about him so when I think about what the Bills did to the Ravens or with the Ravens or in that Ravens game and I think about what the Ravens have done throughout this season which they have dominated people offense and defense they play the Bills and it was one of the tough it was probably the toughest game they've played all year and they come back to the Jets on a short week and dominate the Jets that should tell you something you should be tilting your head to the side and going hmm that's something because it is something one play away from tying that football game and if they go to overtime who knows i mean at that point it, it coin flip right I mean, it's, it, it comes down to a coin flip and, you know, it could go either way. In that football game, Lamar Jackson threw for 145 yards. They had 118 yards rushing. Last night, Lamar Jackson threw for over 200 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. And they rushed for 218 yards. They are averaging 200, 200 plus yards on the ground rushing every single game. The Bills held them in check like nobody else has. It was incredible. Just, just thinking back and, like I said, retro, retrospectively looking at that football game last week, and it was just five days ago. It's not like it was like months ago or weeks ago. And it was great to get a snapshot or another picture of what the Ravens can do, you know, against a football team that's not named the Buffalo Bills. It was impressive, like what the Ravens did last night against the Jets, and it was just as impressive how they could not do it against the Bills. So I solicited a little bit ago, about two hours ago, how people were feeling Coming into this Steelers game today, um, so I'm going to read you a couple tweets real quick. Um, and, and and again, if you guys are interacting with me, thank you. You guys are what make me do this show. Aside from the the catharticness of being able to talk about the Buffalo Bills, um, knowing that there's people out there that feel like me that that you know I vibe with that you know the comments that I get that you know that it's that I'm right there in lockstep with what you guys are thinking it just makes me realize that the crazies that I see both positive and negative are not the majority that there's people out there that are just like me so I appreciate you guys I want you to know that so first tweet that I got for you Joey V2988 and uh Joey's a friend of the show uh we have a great chance to clinch I'm nervous that we're going up against the number 1 sack defense though hoping Josh gets some protection but that but that he steps up into the pocket rather than rolling out when defenders are on the outside. This game will come down to field position. I think that that's true. So I'm in agreement, uh, Joey. For me, as I as I as I think through this game, just just in reading your tweet, you know, I'm not afraid of Josh rolling out and spinning out because you know Josh Allen is not the typical quarterback that that the Steelers face. Yes, they face Lamar Jackson, <clears throat> but they don't face a lot of other guys like. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen is one of those guys. So those defensive ends are not only are they going to have to press and push and get the pressure that they're normally used to getting, but they're going to have to find a way to stay home 
and contain Josh. Keep him inside. Keep him, as you said, kind of moving up the middle of the pocket, step, climbing the pocket where hopefully their their defensive tackles will find them or find Josh Allen versus allowing him to escape. If Josh Allen begins to escape, uh, whether he escapes out the outsides, out the you know leaks out the backsides, or if he escapes up the middle, this could be a very long day for the Steelers. But I think we clinch this game too. You know, I and, and I got a little bit more on that in a second. So Joey, thank you, thank you for that that tweet. William Burke at Burke underscore William one. If we can score early and contain Duck, I think we have a great chance to win. I don't know that I agree. I mean, obviously, I don't know that I don't know that Duck is gonna. I don't know that Duck is going to be the answer for this football team in this game. It's going to come down to defense. It's going to come down to making mistakes. And the reality is, is Duck hasn't made a whole lot of mistakes. So it might come down to Duck not making mistakes and Josh Allen not making mistakes. But we'll see. Jose Estrada at Jose T-I-C-C. At Jose T-I-C-C. If the Bills can't beat a third-string quarterback, we don't deserve to clinch. 14-3, and or 14-2-3, rather, Bills win. I agree. Um, that's probably where I'm at. 14 to three, 17 to six, 17 to seven, 14 to seven. Um, I don't, I, I can't, I can't find a reason for the Steelers to get more than 10 points in this football game, unless they have a special team score or a defensive score, which is obviously always possible. Uh, I think, uh, the, the Steelers are averaging or have, have a turnover in every single game this season, which is an interesting stat, especially with the bills coming in who don't turn over the ball a whole lot. Obviously, there's opinions out there on how much, how many play, how many turnover worthy plays we have, um, but we don't turn over the ball a ton. Red alert at Rich K seventy one. I actually feel like the Bills are going to do it Sunday, and that's what it comes down to. That's the confidence that I'm speaking to. I just have a sense of this is a game the Bills should win. It's a tough opponent. <clears throat> it's a third string quarterback who you know, is, is finding his way right now. Hasn't been challenged. He's the next darling of the NFL at the moment, this moment's darling of the NFL, but that by no means speaks to him somehow being some dominant quarterback. Um, Juju Smith Schuster is, is being reported now as, is potentially more than likely being out for this game, which helps. Uh, James Connors last football game, I believe was against the Ravens. He only rushed for like 53 yards. Um, th- this game sets up well for the Bills. I'm not saying that the Bills couldn't have problems. I'm not saying that the Bills couldn't shoot themselves in the foot. I'm not saying that the Bills couldn't do themselves in and beat themselves. They absolutely could. However, if the Bills that we've come to know and expect, which includes the Ravens game, shows up, we should win this football game. So let me give you some stats real quick because <clears throat> I'm not sure how familiar everybody here is because I'm not. You know, I don't watch. I haven't watched a single game with Duck Hodges. I've watched a bunch of highlights of him throwing balls and then being, you know, caught because they don't show quarterbacks in highlight films throwing balls and dropping them or the receivers dropping them. So I've seen highlights. That's about all I've seen. But Duck Duck this year is 57 of 80 for 682 yards in the five games that he's played in. He started four, won all four of those games. 71% completion. He's got four TDs, two interceptions. In five games, four four full games, four starts. He's undefeated, as I said, as a starter. He is he is a third string quarterback. So make no mistake, he's not a second string quarterback. He is Ben Roethlisberger, right? Number one for the Steelers gets hurt. Mason Rudolph draft pick last year in the class with Josh Allen. Mason gets benched. Duck is your guy. 
He's got game. I'm not going to tell you that he doesn't have game. I'm not going to tell you that he isn't qualified or ready or shouldn't be in the NFL like other quarterbacks we've seen. He belongs in the NFL, but I think we need to pump the brakes on making him the next Minshew Mania, Danny Dimes. Like, there's just a little too much rejoicing going on. And I could be proven wrong. He could come out and he could throttle this Bills defense. But even as I say that, do you believe that that's going to happen? Of course you don't. Because it's not going to happen. The reality is, and we've seen it, whether it's Gardner Minshew, uh, Daniel Jones, Brandon Allen, who's the other one, Kyle Allen, that the NFL was beaming over all of them. Good Morning Football, ESPN, NFL Network, you name it. They were everywhere. I mean, there was, there was Gardner, there were, let me remind you, a month ago, a month and a half ago, there were Gardner Minshew Halloween costumes being sold. Do you even hear that dude's name anymore? The reality is with these guys is they get inserted into the lineups. There's no tape on them. They're clearly professional quarterbacks. So they have talent, skill, and ability. And they come out and they play and they execute a game plan where it's very much predetermined where everything is going to go. They execute it well. They do a good job. And then the defense catches up with them. Happens every time. It's happened in all four of the cases that I've already mentioned to you. This week is probably that time that it's going to happen to Duck. Devlin Hodges. This is the point I'm trying to make. These guys always fall back to earth. This is probably the weekend that Devlin falls back to earth. I'm not saying that the Steelers aren't a great football team. I'm going to give you some defensive statistics here in a second. The, the, The Steelers are a good football team and they've got a great running back when he's healthy. If he plays, they've got a fantastic defense. Isn't as good as the bills defense, but a fantastic defense. Isn't as good as the Ravens defense. Isn't as good as the Patriots defense. Isn't as good as the Broncos defense, which right about now you should be thinking to yourself, wait a second. Have the bills really played six of the top 10 defenses in the NFL or are they going to this year? Yes. Are the bills really going to play six of the top 10 defenses? One of them twice in the Patriots. Yes. Are the Bills really going to play six of the top 10 defenses in the NFL? One of them they're going to play twice. And oh, by the way, the Bills are also one of those top 10 defenses. Yes. Which should begin to make you question that whole strength of schedule thing that the Bills haven't quote unquote played anybody this year. Because the Bills are playing six of the top 10 defenses in the NFL. The Bills are one of the 10. So there's seven. And they play the Patriots twice. So as much as it's like, well, win-loss record, win-loss record says that they suck. Well, those defenses don't suck. The other team's offenses just suck, and they can't score points. Their defenses lock people down. Anyways, I digress. These guys fall back to earth. If I had to make a prediction, this is the week that Duck falls back to earth. Now, I'm not saying he's going to fall back to earth and like they're going to bench him and put Mason Rudolph back in the game. I'm saying he's going to fall back to earth in the sense of, the, you know, I don't expect, not that he's had tremendous numbers. You know, Duck isn't putting up like 300-yard football games and five touchdowns, four and five touchdowns. His 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 numbers are marginal at best. The best thing that he has going for him is that he's completing 71% of his passes and he has 103 passer rating. 
So basically, Duck is just not making mistakes. He's connecting on passes when he needs to, when it's most important. And he's not making mistakes. The Bills need to force him into some mistakes this weekend, and I think they will. I think the Bills force him into a couple mistakes this weekend. Let me give you some information on the Steelers' defense. Just for your notes at home, when you're watching this football game on Sunday night, and the Bills are having trouble moving the football, because they're going to probably have a little trouble moving the football. The Steelers are number five in defensive scoring, so points against them. They're number five in the league. They're also number five in total yards against. They're number five in passing yards against. You should, at this point, beginning to think to yourself, oh, this is a pretty good football team. Defense, yeah. They're number eight. Excuse me, they're number eight in rush defense. However, this is an area I think the Bills can exploit, this next stat. They're also number eight in penalties against them. They have the eight, eighth most penalties in the NFL this year. Which, those are the types of mistakes that this game is going to come down to. I think Duck is going to have to have a 250-yard passer game. I think whoever's running the football against the Bills is going to have to rush for over 100 yards. And I think that they're going to have to play a penalty-free game to beat the Bills this weekend. Those are just my opinions. But I think more importantly, even so, than what the Steelers have to do to win this football game, I think there's something to be said for what the Bills have to do to win this football game. And I know that everybody's talking about the Bills' offense and everybody's talking about the Bills' defense and they're talking about matchups. But I think an interesting matchup that, believe it or not, Good Morning Football has talked about a little bit so far this week is going to be against the head coaches. Because Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott know each other. They've known each other for a long time. They were teammates in college. And I think very much so that this game ebbs and flows, rides on the shoulders of Sean McDermott. And the reason that I, as much as coaches coach and players play, and we all know that, right? Coaches coach, players play. And through the season and through like game one, two, and three, and four, all the way to game 16, week 17, it's talked about, you know, ad nauseum about execution and what, Teams didn't do well and what they did do well and who's playing well and who's not playing well and who, you know, what tackles are good and what tackles are bad and what defensive ends are good and what defensive ends are bad and what quarters are quarterbacks are playing well and what quarterbacks aren't playing well. But the what's interesting about the playoffs when it comes to playoffs is when we start talking about playoff wins and playoff appearances, it automatically switches over to a coaching metric or a coaching stat. You don't ever hear anybody say Eli Manning in his 12 playoff appearances. I just made that number up, so don't look that up. You don't hear people say Ben Roethlisberger in his nine playoff appearances. You do if they lose, like Tony Romo. You hear about Tony Romo's, whatever it is, six or seven playoff appearances, and he'd never won a game. But that's also hung heavily on Jason Garrett's neck. I think this game comes down to how well McDermott 
coaches up this team this week. And I don't mean like X's and O's coaches. I mean how much he gets them to the point where he is setting the tone. He's keeping them grounded. He's pressing in firmly on the job at hand. What's at stake? Not to the point of, hey, this is what's at stake, and if we lose, we're done. But pressing in on, hey, this is the moment. This is what you all dream of. This is what we're here for. This is what we've talked about. All the way back to last March or April at the very first OTA. This is the moment where Sean McDermott is going to begin to take his next steps in progression. Because as much as we have harped on and we've hammered on and we've trusted the process with the defense, with the offense, with Josh Allen, the reality is is we're trusting the process just as much with Sean, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott came to Buffalo as a head coach, and he was frankly a nobody. There's probably four people that are going to listen to this podcast out of the 40 or 50 that tune in that, that knew who Sean McDermott was before the Bills interviewed him. I mean, like legit knew who he was. Not like, oh, I saw it on a tweet, like head coaching candidates for this year and Sean McDermott's name was on there, so I looked him up. No, I mean like knew who Sean McDermott was. So make no mistake, as much as there's been progression for this entire football team, well, except for Corey Bajorquez, who doesn't progress, he just continues to flail and cost us football games. As much as this team progresses and, and we judge progression and we judge what these players do, make no mistake, we need to see progression from Sean McDermott as well. And this is not a bash Sean McDermott statement. I love the man. I'm a fan. And coming out of that Browns game, I called him out heavily on my show and said, now's the time, bro. You talk about leadership. I believe you're a student of leadership. I'm a student of leadership as well. I know these things. I've read these books. I've taken these classes. I know all the stuff that you're talking about, and I, I hear what you're saying. I need to see it. I need to see accountability. I need to see the bar, you know, people being held to the standard of the bar that you set. And we saw it. Changes were made after that Browns game. Like, as much as they talked about it for two or three weeks, got to make some changes, got in the room together, learned some things. Oh, we figured some stuff out. We did this, we did that, and nothing changed. And after that Browns loss, there was a jerk of the chain. There was a, okay, guys, that's it, bang, and he jerked the chain. That's what the head coach does. That was a moment. That was a moment of progression for Sean McDermott. And this is another moment of progression. In my opinion, and my opinion means nothing, this is another moment of progression for Sean McDermott. I think this game looms heavily and leans on Sean more than anything else that's going to happen on Sunday night. He has to keep his team grounded. He has to get his team ready mentally. He has to make sure that they're focused, that they understand what's at stake in this game, and that they're not too pumped up, not too hyped up, that they're not too down. That This game, in my opinion, rests on Sean McDermott. We know it. I've already said it. You're talking about a guy who, if the Bills plinch a playoff berth Sunday night, they're going to be talking about him as Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, who went to two playoffs in his first three years as a head coach in the NFL. With the Buffalo Bills, by the way. I hope you see what I'm, I, I, I hope you're tracking with me. I hope you, I hope you hear what I'm saying. 
this game rests and rides on Sean McDermott. Something I'm over, and and, and I always hit these things I'm over uh, on Fridays, just things I'm done thinking about and talking about. I've already kind of like noodled around with it already on my show, and I'm almost done. Uh, But the whole, the site that shall not be named, you know, I'm done saying their name, the site that shall not be named. They've gone through the the accuracy issues, the completion percentages. There's all the narratives against Josh Allen are being bunked enough that now they're coming up. There's made up stats out there, and the one that you're all seeing, and we're all being baited by this stupid site, by these stupid nerds and their calculators. You know, enter Josh Allen, who is making turnover worthy plays on nearly five percent of his dropbacks, almost double the league average rate. Here's the thing about Josh Allen and his turnover-worthy plays. Every single play is a turnover-worthy play. Did you hear what I just said? Every single pass that is thrown is turnover-worthy. Every single snap between the, the center and the court. We, Josh Allen fumbled a snap against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Every single snap is a turnover-worthy play. Every time the running back, every time an exchange is made between the center to the quarterback, the quarterback to the running back, that is... Those are both of those situations are turnover worthy plays. Well, Joe, he's talking about putting the ball in harm's way. Sure. We see quarterbacks all the time put the ball in harm's way. Does Josh Allen do it more than everybody else? According to that site, he does. Has Josh Allen turned over the ball a lot? No. I'm just, I want to get, I want to advance forward to the place where people just stop and leave the kid alone and let him play football. He's got a, he's a good kid. He's not a pompous jerk. He's not in the locker room press conferences looking disheveled, wearing a weird trench coat and a mustache, throwing his training staff onto the bus. He's a family kid, loves his parents. He's he's active in the community. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's super athletic, which is now also being questioned. I was listening to the to a Steelers podcast today, and they're questioning his athleticism. Well, he's a big guy that's strangely athletic. He's not athletic like Lamar Jackson's athletic. He's strangely athletic, and we're just surprised that, that he can even run the ball. And it's like, really? I just want people to leave the kid alone. Like he's a good kid. I don't I don't know how anybody out there could not want this kid to succeed. And I don't mean just Bills fans, I mean anybody. He's not a jerk. He's not an arrogant prick. He's got a great demeanor. He's always calm. He doesn't when he's losing football games, he doesn't do what Tom Brady does and scream at his players and then run off the field without shaking hands. When he's winning football games, he's not the most arrogant jerk you've ever seen like Cam Newton. He's pretty level. Just leave the kid alone. Let him play football, right? Why, 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 why? Why do we have to hate the kid so much? And I don't mean we as in Bill's Mafia. I mean we as in the national media. Why Why do people have to hate the kid so much? Where did this stat even come from? P- turnover-worthy plays. You know this is something that they just dug up one day. Well, we can't talk to him about accuracy anymore, so we got to come up with something. So... We have now figured out a metric and we've done some research and Josh Allen is the worst in the NFL on turnover worthy plays. Just shut up. 
it, it, I, I would recommend everybody that can hear me just block that site. And you know what site I'm talking about, and I'm done talking about them. The reality is, is that site, one of the main dudes from that site, came on WGR 55. Mike Shope was relishing in everything that he said. Right down to the point where the dude said, and I quote, I'm sorry, it might be a different site. Whatever, it's these nerds. In every simulation that we've ran, and we've run thousands of them, there is no situation, simulation, or instance where the Bills make the playoffs with Josh Allen as the quarterback. Well, guess what? Sunday night, the Bills might clinch a playoff spot with Josh Allen as the quarterback. And that's all you need to know right there. It's like, okay, mute. Okay, block. Okay, I'm done with you. Because these are people that shape opinions, and they shape our opinions. We are, as people, shapeable, right? Impressionable. The media does it to us every single day when it comes to politics. Immunizations. You name it, religion. All of it. We are impressionable people. We're sheep. Don't think for one second that you're beyond being a sheep just like the rest of us because we're all sheep. So begin to filter that noise until something comes up that it's like, oh, there's a problem here. Like there's definitely something wrong with Josh Allen and his game. Until that stuff starts happening, just er just mute that crap. Get it. You don't need it in your life anyway. Just delete those people, mute those people, unfollow those people. Just just get that crap. Just go, bruh, just go away, right? Just go away. Sorry, that's just my rant. So as I wrap this up, what am I expecting to see? What am I expecting to see Sunday night? I'm expecting to see. I, I expect this game to be tough sledding. I don't think this football game is going to be easy for the Bills. I don't think this football, and I, and I mean on offense. I don't think, I think, I think the Bills are going to have a, I think they're going to do what the Bills do on defense. So I don't think that the Bills are going to have too much trouble with the Steelers offense. I think that they're going to do what they do what they do and they do it on the road. Like this is a good road football team. As it comes to the offense, I think that there's going to be some tough sledding. I think that it's going to be hit or miss here and there. There's going to be some opportunities. I think it's going to come down to who makes the least amount of mistakes. I think, as I said earlier, that Duck has similar numbers to Brandon Allen of the Broncos when we played the Broncos. I think the Bills will confuse him. I think that they're going to pressure him. I think they're going to get, they're going to be on him. I think they're going to force him into situations and force him into throws that he doesn't necessarily want to make and probably probably will want back. Even when I'm saying that, I'm telling I would tell you as well that the Steelers are probably going to do the same thing to Josh Allen. The difference is, is Josh Allen has had success against some very tough defenses to include the Ravens last week. And that was, by and large, just in the second half because the first half, he was atrocious, as was the offensive line, as were all the wide receivers. The only, the only notable person coming out of that football game on offense last week was Devin Singletary. We talked, it, talked about it on Sunday's show. So for me, I think this is going to be tough sledding. I think the Bills are going to... I think they're going to have to fight. I think they're going to have to punch the Steelers defense in the face. I think they're going to have to do some things that, you know, whether it's run, I think the quick pass is going to have to come into play, which I've harped on that all season too, when they go, they go in and out of it. Um, but I think in order to, to beat the blitz, they're going to either going to have to do it with a quick, quick pass, get the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. 
or he's going to have to be incredibly effective running the ball to put them on their heels. Both of which they can do. This is not something that's like, oh my gosh, we're asking Josh Allen and this Bills offense to do something they can't do, something we've never seen them do before. The reality is, is they can do it. We've seen them do both of those things before. So that's my prediction for the game. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a nail biter. I think we're going to be sitting on the edge of our seats all the way to the end. And then I think it's celebration time for something we have not done in like 23 or 25 years. Clinch a playoff spot before the season was over. I'll say this as well. You want you want a, a prediction, a bold prediction that's completely unreasonable? Do you want a bold prediction that's completely unreasonable? I'll give you one. I think if the Bills beat the Steelers on Sunday Night Football, they went out. I think they go on to beat the Patriots and they go on to beat the Jets. How does 12 and 4 sound? Put that in your Josh Allen is trash pipe and smoke it. <laughs> 12 and 4. So that's what I got. So you guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much. This was the Overreaction Sports Podcast. This was also an Overreaction Friday. I am your host, Joe Miller. You can find me at Joe Miller Wired. As always, thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you so much for tuning in. I always appreciate it. I cannot wait for Sunday. It's right around the corner. Man, oh man. Go Bills.